The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson and available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notify bell next to it just to make sure you're always getting your new Going In Raw notifications. This is, of course, Matt Chat. That's right. This is the show where we take a bunch of video questions from a bunch of patrons at the $20 a month and up mark. You too can have your video question featured right here on Matt Chat. You as well. You will you answer the questions. You don't. I mean, you can if you want. It's technically you produce this show, so you you can. You have to be a twenty dollars and up patron though. Yeah, I can do that. Anyways, uh, as I was saying, uh, on the Patreon, look, you don't have to do twenty dollars. I mean, you do if you have to be on the, if you want to be on the show. But we also have a variety of reward tiers you should check out. It's a great way to support going in raw, starting from one dollar, and you'd be stunned. Shocked beside yourself at how, <laughs> that's right, at how far one dollar goes, one pound stealing goes. Anyways, uh, we got a packed show today, Larson. We do. Why don't we go ahead and kick it off with Christopher Rampersad? Yes. And uh, he's got a question about one lunatic fridge. Yes. Hello, Steven Larson. So last year, everybody wanted Dean Ambrose to turn heel. Well, now he's turning heel. And so far, do you think it's a success? As it is, or do you think it failed before it could even start? Because he's more jokier than ever. And last night on Raw, the guy looked like Bane coming out. And it's not intimidating. It's more funny and not interesting. What do you guys think? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, I'll go first. All right, man. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling positive today. I'm not going to crap all over it. It hasn't been a great start, but there has been at least some amount of effort put into Dean Ambrose's heel turn. We've seen one promo where there's like an oil, uh, an oil bin. What is drum. it? Oil drum. Thank you. That had a fire in it. He burned his shield uh, SWAT team gear garment thing. Uh, so he did that. That was okay. The promo has been okay. He came out, he did the vaccination thing. It was a little bit different. I kind of appreciate that. A little weird. Uh, and then he did the Bane thing. There hasn't been a whole lot of menace to his character. There was that one week when he was doing sort of a cat and mouse thing. That was kind of cool. I'd say, I'll put it this way. I believe the jury is still out until I see that TLC match coming up. At that point, I'll be a little more comfortable making a decision. One thing we have to remember, one thing we have to keep in mind is that uh, evidently this heel turn came uh, a lot earlier than it was originally planned. Maybe that's one reason why it's come off a bit awkward. Uh, it hasn't really, I think, generated the heat that I think they wanted it to. This feud should be the A story on Raw, and it kind of isn't. So I'm going to say the jury's still out. I still think they have time to kick it back into high gear. Oh, here it comes. Oh, with fart noise. Thumbs down with fart noise. Two thumbs down with fart noises. It's been, it's, I it hasn't been a disaster. Ooh. It hasn't been a disaster. But so far, it's been a complete, not complete, for the most part, an utter misfire. Yeah. Uh, there's There was one interesting bit in all of this that I thought was when Dean was saying, you know, what's going on now is, is us paying the price for being the shield in the early days of the shield. All the wrong that we did back in those days. Now, you were getting our comeuppance. That was interesting. That was different. Decent I like premise. That. Decent premise. So it's a good premise to work on. Fast forward two weeks, Dean completely contradicted himself, saying, you know, in the early days of the shield, I was really proud of some of that stuff. Which one is it, Dean? Which one is it? Mm -hmm. Which one is it? There's, there's not a whole lot of vision, not a whole lot of consistent direction, not a whole lot of clarity. I'm not sure exactly what Dean's motivation is by Dean's own admission or by his own words. It seems like he's not clear what his motivation is. 
you know, I need him to come out and drop a promo uh, with with like a, a whiteboard saying this is why I did this, 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 this. Oh, but at this fine. stage, I'd be fine with that. that'd be fine. At this stage, it should be clear. Um, you brought up the uh, the oil drum bit, the uh, the vaccination bit. What was missing from both those bits? Atmosphere. The the oil drum bit where he he, he burned his shield vest. It was obvious he was just like in the players' parking lot, the arena they were at. They should have Mustafa Ali's guy do it. Yes. They needed some atmosphere. Same with the vaccination bit. That was obviously just somewhere backstage at the arena. Give me some atmosphere. During the recap uh, uh, following that episode, I said, imagine the scene from uh, Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, when uh, Jack Napier uh, makes his way out of Axis Chemical and goes to this doctor, doctor, and tries to get himself fixed up. Something like that. Dark. Grimy. Give me some atmosphere. That's what, that's, that's what this is lacking. There's zero atmosphere. Like, uh, every week the Usos can have a promo, and it's rich with atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? They just cut some run-of-the-mill promo, and it's amazing. They're yeah. introducing Team SmackDown for Survivor Series, handing out shirts. It's like, man, this has got some great atmosphere. Yeah. And Dean, he's, supposed, he's turning heel. He's this lunatic guy. There's no atmosphere in anything he does. I'm starting to think, and I want to be, I, I, I want to be proven wrong on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm starting to think. That any oh, oh no! High conspiracy hopes? theory? No, conspiracy no, theory? no conspiracy. Uh, I'm start- Vince is tanking it on purpose. No, I'm starting to think that at least WWE's idea of Dean Ambrose, uh, face or heel, isn't the idealized. Like we see potential in him uh, to do maybe really good things yeah, from sure. a character standpoint. Yeah. Yet for the most part, we haven't really seen it. Um. So. Uh, and I don't know if his creative is behind it or when Dean was on the Stone Cold podcast. Uh, Stone Cold called him, out, called him out for his complacency. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but it seems like everything is kind of played safe with the guy who's supposed to be a madman. You hey, know? Let me ask you something. In retrospect, looking back at that Stone Cold podcast, did Vince tell Steve Austin to say that? I don't know. Because do you think Steve Austin watches the sh- watches Raw and SmackDown every week? I don't know if he watches it every week, but I know he watches the product because hmm. he talks about it. Yeah, on okay. The show. All right. Because like now that I'm thinking back on it, I wonder if that was a Vince thing. Because it's it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to say. Yeah. Hey, you're lazy. Your job. Yeah. In front of everybody. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. There, there's kind of uh, you can take the flip side of of what Dean Ambrose did this past week with the um, vaccination thing. And he comes out and he's got the gas mask on because of these people and take a look at how really well done. That general idea was done with Daniel Bryan with the fickle stuff and him shutting down the crowd. And it just feels so much more organic and it works. It seems, so it seems to me is, is a situation where someone creative goes to Dean goes, all right, you got, you got to, you're a heel now. Mm-hmm. And I guess I think this is probably actually how it actually went down. Whereas we know Daniel Bryan was lobbying for a heel turn for a mm-hmm. while. He's probably had this character in mind mm-hmm. in his head for years. That could be Daniel yeah. Bryan has. Whereas Dean, I'm he sure probably, he probably came up with a character in, in the, the hyperbaric, hyperbaric chamber. chamber. Yeah. Whereas Dean, he showed up to Raw that day. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing it was going to happen. Yeah. First, he finds out one of one, one of his brothers in the Shield, Roman Reigns, had a reoccurrence of his cancer. And then I don't know if he found out he was turning heel before the show or during yeah. the run of the show. Uh, and then he's like, okay, I guess I'm a heel now. Without any actually laying out what this new character was. And so he just has to be bad guy Dean Ambrose now rather than a distinct character from really what he was. He, instead, of, instead, of, instead of doing heroic things, uh, acting with valor, uh, he's just, you know, he insults the crowd. I wonder if they take for granted how smooth he can be with improv on the mic. When they throw Bray Wyatt out there, granted we haven't seen him in a little while. Hopefully that'll change soon. Yes. When we see Bray Wyatt, they say, "Okay, you're in the bowels of the arena. Do your." It wouldn't surprise me with Bray Wyatt if they said, "Do your thing." Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me at all with Dean Ambrose if they said, "Hey, we're gonna cut back. We're doing this cat and mouse thing. We're gonna cut back to you um, three times during the show. You're gonna be in various places in the arena. Do your thing for three minutes or whatever." That would that's not advisable because it's not giving true direction. Well, here's the, th- the problem is too is that Bray's character is so well established, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Wyndham Rotunda has 
and knows exactly who his character is. Yeah, but yeah, but that the, I mean, one of the problems with Bray Wyatt is usually that he talks in such circles that it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And that was kind of the same thing with Dean Ambrose is that I think Dean probably in his head can at least fashion an idea of what his character is. It's when you're talking and you're not really given a lot of direction in terms of where this is going, what your true motivation is supposed to be. You're going to talk in circles and it's oh, going to probably yeah. mean nothing. And I, I get, I just get the feeling that that's sort of maybe what's happening. It could be. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think at least with Bray, he talks in circles, but he knows his character's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows how his character would present yeah. any idea, no matter how nebulous it might be. Yeah. Whereas Dean, I just don't think they know what his character is yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just what it is. I wonder, I, I also kind of wonder if when he mentioned the Roman has to, you know, deal with God now. Mm hmm. I wonder if that made anybody uncomfortable and they decided to switch gears on that general premise could in the be. first place. I mean, it, it, and that's why we got what we got this that week. It could be. It could be. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's broaching uncomfortable territory. It is. And I'm not sure how far they want to go with that. So yeah. I wonder if they decided to pull back. That was two weeks ago. If they wanted to pull back and then do the vaccination thing last week and then mm-hmm. just sort of go in a different direction. Because it, it did feel like there was. It, did, it, it did feel like he was self conscious saying it. It, it. No, it totally did. And it also felt like. There was something kind of clear with that mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then last week they started doing the vaccination thing and it changed, you know, mm-hmm. and they're going in a different direction. So I don't know. No, no, I don't either. know. And it feels like they don't know. And that's the main problem. Yeah, that and that's a, why that's a massive problem. That's why it's been more of a miss. That's than why it's been anything. more or less a complete miss. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next up, Hall of Famer Christian. <laughs> hey, Steve. Hey, Lars. I just see Hall of Famer Christian here with yet another Matt chat question. At work again, no bosses again. So, John Cena is coming back soon. This is gonna be coming to a house show in DC, where I'm from, uh, this December. My question for you guys is, as the road to WrestleMania ramps up, as, as it begins at the Royal Rumble, what role should John Cena play in the road to WrestleMania? Too sweet, hearty and Thanks, guys. Thank you, Christian. Go ahead. Oh, man, this is what you do. So, uh, Cena's going to start working some house shows around the holidays. I think he's going to be at the the the, 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 the big, uh, I think he's going to be at the MSG show. I think he'll let him. Is he going to cut his hair? Day after Christmas. Oh, I read somewhere that he doesn't like his hair that long. It's just for the movie. He's going to cut it back. He's going to cut it off. <sighs> I can't wait to see that. Um, he looks so dejected with that long hair. I know. He's self-conscious with it. This is what he needs to do heading into Mania season. And it's not a popular idea. I, won't th- I don't think it'll be because it means he's in the main event scene vying for a world title. However, I think there could be some good stories here. Oh, I think this is a great idea. This is what you do. You get John Cena to challenge Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. You got the story. Cena going for number 17, breaking Ric Flair's record. Uh, you got the wealth of backstory between oh. John Cena, oh, man. Nikki Bella's ex, yeah, and you got Daniel Bryan over here. They could have been brothers-in-law. They could have been brothers-in-law. Um, that's not even to mention uh, the dynamic between the two characters as they exist now. Cena's still Cena. He's still super Cena whenever he shows up, although he kind of say this is the checked out Cena era. Because yeah. when he does show up more often than not, he's more or less checked out. Regardless, yeah. with this new Daniel Bryan character, I think it'd be some great mic work. Oh, yeah. A great match. Yeah. Um, in the end, I think you still need to have Daniel Bryan go over. Uh, but I think that's the way you go. Because we, like, a couple weeks ago, we were like, who's Daniel Bryan going to face at Cena's Mania? Perfect. It seems like Ms. Shane... Uh, AJ, maybe HBK, some sort of dream match situation. Like all the top contenders seem like they got feuds that would naturally go into Mania. Bring in John Cena, challenge Daniel Bryan. That's you how you know do the it. The only problem with that, the only problem in terms of realistically, what what could happen with that is Vince wouldn't want Cena on SmackDown. Oh, uh, I mean, you don't think so? John's above brands. I don't think that's a, that's an issue. Here's the thing, though: Raw's ratings are in the crapper. We just saw SmackDown's ratings. Those aren't great either. I know, but something tells me, Vince, if you were to pull the trigger on Cena coming back for a title run, he'd want it to be on Raw. I mean, maybe not because the Universal title seems so weird there. Yeah. I, I would love that. I just kind of wonder um, 
if if Vince would say SmackDown, why would it be on that? It's the B show. It's a recap show. It's like Vince. It's not a recap show anymore. But I love that really idea. Strong I, think, I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, however, I like my idea as well. Goldberg comes back as a gold-plated superhero. We did this on We Book Raw. He fights John Cena Thugonomics 03. We did this on We Book Raw. Yeah, it's a great idea. They're going to be fighting at We Book. Aren't, are they doing a thing? We're doing a new. Uh, they, they haven't fought yet. No, yeah, that's true. We're setting this up for our TLC. Yeah. 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 At, at We Book TLC, it's Thugonomics Cena 03 versus Super Goldberg. And it's going to be great. Next week on we book raw that's this week it went up yesterday actually what oh this coming setting week up, setting up for the match this, this coming past friday, saturday this and coming friday, friday morning. we'll be streaming it and then sunday this coming TLC friday morning. sunday it'll right. go up on youtube twitch.tv forward slash Mars. next there thabata has a hey, match hey, chat hey, question hey, it's there thabata this week the friend wants to know why are nxt matches so much better than main is it because they have so much time to put them together or is it because they have so much more freedom to put it together how they want to put it together? There. Me, personally, I usually don't give my own answers to this. But personally, I just think it's because of the freedom. I mean, just look at the G1. They only get maybe a few days to put those matches together. And they're some of the best matches of the year. But that's just my take. That's what the Friendoverse wants to know. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Therthabata. I don't know how much time they have the, the, the g1 point is actually a pretty interesting one yeah because there's a lot of matches in a very short amount of time yes well actually it's a fairly long amount of time but considering how close these matches are together yes it's a really short amount of time and there are some spectacular matches how do they do that how do they plan that out it could be as they suggested a certain amount of booking freedom um given that it's a tournament where the matches i know they do weave some amount of storyline there but it's mainly just matches for the sake of matches for the sake of the tournament. Um, I think that would probably free them up because they don't have to worry about specific storylines. Um, so that is kind of an interesting question. Uh, the NXT thing, I think the main component is just lots and lots of time and preparation. Um, that was the most striking thing to, for me when I went to the Performance Center uh, because of the 2K Games thing was walking by a ring where War Machine and uh, uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, I think, um, were planning out a match. And to see them, you know, understanding that they had probably been there for a couple hours, and they have as long as apparently necessary to put on these stellar matches to prepare them bit by bit, story beat by story beat, that's it. I mean, that that's that's... That's totally why. Um, even in my interview with Shinsuke Nakamura, he said, you know, in NXT, I didn't have to change my style at all. When you get to main roster, you have to change the WWE style and work the match and hit all the beats in a very short amount of time as compared to an NXT match. So I imagine it's, it's all the time they have for preparation versus uh, on main roster. None of the time that they have for preparation. In fact, there was recently, just in the past couple of days, I forget where this interview took place, but Matt Riddle talked about how much more time he has to spend with his family because he re relocated them to Orlando and he's got so much more time for that. And all the tastes, I never really had time to train a whole lot because of my crazy schedule. And he said, now I'm with the best trainers in the world. Those guys all focus on that product mm -hmm. and developing uh, uh, developing those guys, the developmental aspect of things, and that goes into why those takeovers have really become. It, it is kind of masterful that they have developed NXT takeovers specifically to be their art house films, mm -hmm. their award winning films, basically mm -hmm. to use Oscar that, contenders. A, a loose a loose analogy. There. Yeah. No, I think I think I think it's it is a lot of it is the time they have they are afforded to work out the matches, but I think there's got to be a certain amount of <clears throat> uh, freedom they probably have um, from a creative standpoint, um, and also maybe from the technical wrestling standpoint um, to to develop the storylines, both you know I guess in the ring predominantly. But no, I can't really I can't disagree with anything you said. It's got to be they have 
what takeovers are quarterly more mm-hmm. or less you get three months to to plan a match out and, and work it and, and get it down i mean i think the freedom aspect also comes in to so when you know when you do these matches on main it seems they they roll them out uh through the house show circuit um in which case you're performing those matches if you take a look at, for example, um, any of the Champa Gargano matches, they wouldn't be doing those on the circuit because of the damage they'd be taking. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, are yeah. vicious brutal matches. matches those yeah. are brutal matches. And so the freedom might come into play where it's, well, normally we're not going to let them do that on main, like certain moves on main or certain sequences on main because they, that's stuff they'd have to be doing the entire time. Whereas takeover, you know, you're going to be doing that one time during a match that happens one time. And that's it. And that's it. And so, yeah, they, I mean, they probably do get some freedom to do more things. The G1 question is a very interesting question, though, because, yeah, they don't have a lot of time. But no. they're putting on great match after great match. Yeah. That's that's probably a bit more the the freedom aspect yeah, yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, they probably, yeah. you know. I mean, I guess that's kind of my impression of how they – this is predominantly based on uh, – Kenny Omega's appearance on Chris Jericho's podcast where they were working out the beats of their matches. Yeah, sure. Their match yeah. at Wrestle Kingdom last year. Yeah. So I imagine it's 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 a lot about like what you hear at independent shows where, you know, you the wrestler shows up, find out who they're wrestling for the day, and they go in the locker room and work out the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you got some of the best wrestlers in the world like New Japan does, that just yields awesome matches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think also the thing about the G1 is that it's a – it's There's a, a competitive aspect. I mean, you're you. Competitive yeah, no, aspect. You're, yeah. Competitive aspect. I don't mean in terms of kayfabe wins and losses. I think people want to go out there and have the best matches. It's it's the time of year where they distill the best wrestling. Yes. They say, look, we're all. You're right. I think it's we've heard that mm-hmm. that there's a competitive aspect to it where they're all trying to put on the best performance, mm-hmm. the best matches. So that's probably it too. It's like they. I'm not going to say they wait until the G1, but the G1 is when they're like, okay. What can we do to really yeah. kill it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, got a question from Graham. Let's see what Graham has to say. Graham. Hi, Steve. Hi, Larcy. Right. My question is, Steve, I want you to debate why the Undisputed Era should go to SmackDown. And Larson, I want you to debate why the Undisputed Era should go to Raw. Too sweet. Hardy and shit. Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Graham. Okay, where should Undisputed Era go? Yeah, I know the creative on Raw has been trash. It's been hot garbage. It's terrible of late. But here are some reasons Undisputed Era should go to Raw. One, there's basically no competition in the tag division. They can win those belts immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, and this is perhaps top reason, once Kevin Owens returns mm-hmm. from injury, mm-hmm. say he returns to Raw, you either get Kevin Owens with Undisputed Era or mm-hmm. Kevin Owens versus Undisputed Era. Any sort of equation... That's Kevin Owens plus Undisputed Era is going to equal greatness. That's going to be so good. I know. They're probably going to wait like two years to get to it, though. They're never going to cross paths. I know. It's so annoying. Um, Actually, that's really the primary reason. That's the first tops reason why I thought, just get me anything with Kevin Owens Undisputed Era. I want to see that. Could you imagine, dude, if the Raw after WrestleMania, you get the possibility of Kevin Owens... Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, all on the same show. Mount Rushmore wrestling, man. <laughs> what? How how giddy would all those guys be? Enormously. To have that. I would think. I don't know. I would just think. Um, well, the obvious, the obvious answer for SmackDown is the creative is obviously far superior to Raw's at this point. Although, you know, look, one of the main reasons for them to be on Raw is, for one thing, the creative can change hands at any moment. Yeah. You know, we've seen that happen where sometimes, Smack, you know, there's periods of time when SmackDown's crap and Raw's killing it and vice versa. Um, and it's the A show. SmackDown right now, their creative is, is, is fantastic. You mentioned the tag team division, the tag team. I mean, I would love to see, you know, Redragon or any iteration mm-hmm. of the Undisputed Era against New Day, Usos, Thebar. Oh, yeah, it'd be fantastic. That's all in the club. That's fantastic. all great stuff. Um, the best wrestling kind of happens on SmackDown if you're talking about main roster. So Adam Cole's dream matches, AJ, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's there's a lot of good reasons for SmackDown. 
to get the undisputed era. But Raw's the A show. It depends on how Vince feels. Uh, on 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 how Vince views feel, them, views whether the whether he thinks era. they're truly undisputed mm-hmm. or not. I love them to go to SmackDown though. Those dream match scenarios. Oh hell yeah! Cole, and then the tag division. Heck yes! Woo! Woo! Even that man that and that freaking upper mid card. Oh man! With, add Roderick Strong to that. Oh heck yeah! Whoa! Whoa. Heck yeah! Wow! 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 Brennan Hargrove. Wow! Brennan Hargrove has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Wow! Wow! What's up, guys? I'm Brendan Hargrove here with my very first Matt Chat question. And my question today will be, if you, Steven Larson, were coming up in the wrestling ranks, decided to become professional wrestlers, would you rather start in the independence and wrestle in the VFW halls and work your way up, get 15, 10, 15 years, and then get signed by the WWE? Or would you rather start from the Performance Center Work your way in developmental, get caught up to NXT, and then maybe get caught up to the main roster. Thanks, guys. See you guys later. Thank you, Brennan. Thank you, Brennan. Uh, who goes? You first? do. I go first. Look, as long as, as much as I'd love to be a journeyman in the car, long hours eating road food, getting paid in peanuts and quarters, sacks of quarters, perhaps, or sometimes I don't even get paid at all. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today dealing with shady promoters across the country. Uh, give me the, here's the thing about developmental. Here's the thing about WWE developmental is that when you're picked for developmental, that means that triple H himself has, or, or one of the coaches there has already seen something in you that, that leads him to believe that maybe one day this guy, I could be pointing at him in a picture like this, after making his debut on a takeover or main roster or whatever, however they do it. So I think that if, you, if you're already in developmental, you already have a step up because Triple H has feasted his eyes on you and, uh, and, and you already have a leg up. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Uh, you're within the system that the D- WWE doesn't feel like they're going to have to, uh, you won't have to unlearn what you have learned they're going to teach you from a blank slate everything you need to know. Uh, we saw literally, oh, shit, no, that was me. I saw the very first match of um, Stacy Irvin, Irvin Jr. against Cassius Ono at the Performance Center. Uh, and he's a developmental guy. And he looked great. And so it was good. I'll go through the developmental. No, system. man. I like driving. I like hot dogs. I don't get my. I wouldn't mind getting paid in them. Um, here's the thing: going through the indies is the surest way to build your own brand. If you can build your brand in the indies, parlay that into a fat. Here's the thing about. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. Not to cut you off. Hold that thought. Keep that thought. That's what I was gonna say. In developmental, if they pick you, there's a good chance that they're thinking, "Well, we don't. This guy's not gonna be redundant. We don't already have a guy like that. If you're on the indies." You don't know. You don't know. They might look at me and be like, oh, we already have a fat, lumpy guy. We don't need this loudmouth guy because we already have a loudmouth, fat, lumpy guy over here. The thing is, for the most part, the turnover in NXT is high enough that maybe in 2019, they don't need the loudmouth. But in 2021, they might be in need of a loudmouth. Fair enough. So So anyway, so here's the thing. You you spend the years, five, ten years, whatever, in the indies, not making a ton of money. Putting your body on the line. Never seen your family. Never seen your family. Probably have some pretty cool experiences, though. Probably. But you build your brand up. So by the time uh, it's time for you to sign with WWE and go to NXT, you're not getting the 25 grand that all the other developmental guys yeah, are getting. No, man. You're getting low six figures. Ooh, you're yeah. getting real money. Yeah. You get a move to Orlando. No state income taxes. You reap the benefits of that. Matt Ridley just mentioned. Gets to see his family a whole lot more. Gets to focus on working out. 
And that's all because you put in the legwork to build up your brand. And look at NXT now. Who is at the top of the card? Predominantly former indie stars. It's pretty much Velveteen Dreams, the only developmental guy in, I could think of in the men's division who's top of the card. And he was even he was like in the indie ranks. For a little bit. For a little bit. But I mean, I think that the, my point about him is that He's not coming from a different sport. Yes. No, I you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And so, like, when's the last time? Okay, so Authors of Pain right now. Yeah. They came from a different sport. I don't think they had any time in independence. And so, like, those guys are so few and far between. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, that's that's the case for being an independent wrestling star first. And I think I just feel like if <clears throat> the odds of success, if you have that wealth of experience under your belt heading to WWE, the odds for success are far more in your favor then rolling the dice coming in from a completely different field of work, a completely different profession, trying to learn how to do things the WWE way. Here's another point to add to your point uh-huh. is that when you're coming up in the independent circus circuit circuit, this is in the 1800s, what are you forging along the way? Relationships. Relationships with other wrestlers who are coming up in the same independent circuit as you are. And once you get to the top, once you get to that point, you're going to have those relationships and other people that are coming from the independent ranks, you're going to be going to NXT with other relationships. And so you can, your art, it's always good. Politicking. Build, no, build relationships. Networking. Networking. Relationships. Not politicking. That's building good. relationships. Politicking is great. That's how Hogan got to the top. And is still to this day at the top. Uh, <laughs> brother. Next, Stephen M's got a question. Come stop to friend because we'll do much Irish linguistic expert Stephen M here. I don't know the match chat question. So can't remember my original question because I was a bit stoned last night. So I'm going to go with this one. Which female wrestler should be the next to win a traditionally male title? Say like when China won the Intercontinental title. So what female wrestler should do it? How should they do it? And who should they be for that title? And which title should it be? Book the match. Pick different people because I know Becky would be a hot answer right now. Too sweet. Hardy handshake, Steve Shoulderline. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. Oh, I mean, the story is already laid out for everybody. Okay. You have Seth, you have Becky. They're going back and forth at each other on Twitter okay. about who the man is. Okay. Settle it in the ring. Ooh. Universal champion Seth Rollins. Main event of WrestleMania versus Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 36. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch puts the disarmor. Seth Rollins. She's been working that arm over for 25 minutes. Seth forced to tap out. Ouch. The man, the man is the universal champion. I like that scenario That's, this, a lot. This, this right there, the story is there to be told. I like that scenario a lot. However, I'm going to go with this one. Jazz winning the NWA title. She called out uh, Cody. One of Nick them, Aldis. Nick Aldis said, I want a piece of that. Yeah, she did. Anyways, uh, that'd be great if that happens. But in WWE, here's how you do it. The biggest debate in WWE in a while happens like this. Shinsuke Nakamura has that U.S. title, right? He dispenses of somebody at WrestleMania, gets rid of him. He's standing there at SmackDown about to deliver a promo about welcome to Nak America. Well, uh, Io Shirai debuts on SmackDown. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because when I was interviewing him, uh, I was standing there watching somebody else interview him before I went up, and they asked him, who do you want to see? Wait, was it up me? I forget. Was it I? Was it me who asked that? I forget. Either me or somebody else said, hey, who do you want to face that you see in NXT right now? And somebody jokingly said, EO, because I guess he knows her, obviously. And uh, he made a joke about something like that, her punching him in the face. That's the match I want to see. EO Shirai beats Shinsuke Nakamura with a beautiful... Magnifique moonsault and uh, Io Shirai, new United States champion. All right, I love it. I think it's a great idea. It's a good idea. Not as good as Becky beating Seth Universal title, but still good. That's good. Uh, next, Devin the Dude. Mm. See what Devin the Dude mm-hmm. has to say. Hey, friendos, it's Devin the Dude here, back with another match chat question. Back again from another main event. Um, so thanks again. Hey, stars got to shine, right? Um, this week is actually kind of a what-if scenario. Um, what if Ronda Rousey never came to the WWE? Um, how long would it have taken the women to get to the main event of WrestleMania? And who would have been in the main event of WrestleMania? Um, 
my thoughts would have been a four horsemen match with a ladder match is what I would have had as a dream match, but what are your thoughts? What would have been the best one-on-one match that would have maybe been invented WrestleMania, or who would have been in it? Um, your thoughts, guys. Uh, let me know what you think. All right, thanks again, and stay strong, brothers. Thank you, Devin the Dude. Thank you, Devin the Dude. Interesting speculative question here <clears throat> about Ronda. She hadn't come in WWE. Uh, I think it, pre- it kind of makes me wonder if the one person who sort of maybe suffered the most because of Ronda Rousey has been Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, without Ronda Rousey, the playing field is a lot more even because Ronda's kind of treated by WWE as tier one. Becky is kind of at tier one at this point. Um and I'm, I'm in the eyes of the fans, Becky's definitely tier one. But you always have to think about, as you mentioned earlier, in the eyes of Vince McMahon, who's mm-hmm. tier one. Ronda's definitely tier one because they're paying her a ton of money. Becky is probably getting to tier one right now, given how they're pushing her. Uh, the merch that they've you know rolled out for her, using the, the man merch, her being on posters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Asuka was very quickly on her way to tier one. Did she, was her call up, did her call up proceed? It preceded Rousey, didn't it? Yeah. Because Asuka's uh, first match was at TLC a year ago, and then Rousey didn't show up until Rumble. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. So Asuka had already suffered that loss against Charlotte? No. That was at that mania. Yeah, the following mania. Yeah. The same Ronda, the same mania where Ronda made her debut as Asuka Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I kind of feel like if Ronda wasn't around clogging up that top of the card on Raw, that maybe that would have opened up an opportunity for her because, I mean, they were treating her like a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I'm not sure. It seems like a complete, like a certainty this year <clears throat> or 2019 that at Mania we're going to get the first uh, women's main event at Mania. Um I kind of feel like Oscar Charlotte might have been in the books, but not nearly as much of a certainty. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll say that. Um, my answer is going to be Charlotte versus Becky, and it's predominantly because of what we've seen on TV over the last six months, um, especially now with the angle they're taking with the feud where Becky, or sorry, Charlotte following her destruction of Ronda Rousey post-match at Survivor Series. Uh, Becky has labeled her a bootleg Becky, uh, taking a different avenue with this feud now. And I could see it potentially if Ronda... If Ronda never come on. So granted, Charlotte never would destroy Ronda, but nonetheless. There's potential there with their chemistry in ring, their chemistry with each other on the mic. Mm-hmm for a Charlotte Becky program to get hot enough for it to main event WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. They're both so darn good. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, if you want to really give the fans something awesome, Charlotte Becky and Oscar, mm-hmm. like we're going to see at TLC. Yeah. That's going to be something else. Yeah. That right there would be an awesome Mania main event. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. If they had somehow kept Oscar, maybe like have Charlotte and Becky doing their thing on SmackDown, kept Oscar undefeated. So you've got a really hot Charlotte Becky feud dovetailing mm-hmm. into an undefeated Oscar streak. Mm-hmm. That could have been something special. Mm-hmm. I need to book that one though. Yeah, no. Uh, next up, we have a new Matt Chatter by the name of Zenith sixty four, and he's got a good question about NXT talents going to main roster. Let's see what he has to say. Salutations, friendos. So Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet. These guys do really well on NXT because of their in-depth persona and their deep, you know, character development. Let alone their wrestling skills are really next level. So question is, which one would perform poorly and which one would perform uh, great uh, if they ever get moved up to the main roster? Because, you know, history has it that sometimes the NXT star doesn't make a really well main roster star. Thanks. Thank you, Zenith. Thank you, Zenith. For me, the surest bet... Which isn't exactly his question, I don't know, but the surest bet of the three of those is Ricochet. Mm. Um, because he's the one that's least dependent on character. He's he, Him getting over is going to be his ability to wow the crowd. 
first and foremost. It's a certainty. Yes. It's, yes. It's a certainty. Yes. Um, and short of him getting hurt and being unable to do any of the high-flying stuff, he will wow the crowd and he will get over based on his wrestling ability alone. He doesn't need a character because that's – I mean, he can do character work really well, um, but that's that's the issue with both Aleister Black and Velveteen Dream is that uh, they get brought to main roster. Their, char- their creative is bungled, and they're put in a position where they can't – portray the characters like they have been in NXT, which they've been doing excellently. Um, so based on that logic, Ricochet. I'm going to go with Aleister Black. I, I think I think you have a good point. Um, but you look at another guy who's a terrific wrestler, and granted he's in a completely different ilk than, than Ricochet, mm-hmm. um, but you look at a guy like Almas, who's just a spectacular wrestler. He's not nearly as flashy as Ricochet. But... Um, he does really, really strong character work, granted, um, but they haven't really emphasized that too much. Um, I think Vince or Kevin Dunn or somebody is just reluctant to to use him as a character too much, maybe because of the language barrier thing, which is unfortunate because I think he's great in NXT. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, I'm not going to... Th- I think Ricochet's going to be over, guaranteed. Alistair Black has such... I, so here's the thing. I know I'm tempting fate right now, and I know I'm... But how really do you ruin Alistair Black? I mean, we said that about Oscar too. I don't think she's ruined. No, I don't think she's ruined. But when yeah. they got when they brought her up, they didn't really respect the mystique she had built in NXT a whole lot. Yeah, but her mystique was built so much over the streak. Yeah, I know. And but no one on main roster, pretty much everybody on main roster, no sold the streak. I know. But once you lose, like you know, you, you got to do something. No, else I understand that. that. I'm, I'm talking about before that when we said this countless times when it was announced that Oscar was coming to Maine. I mean, 90% of the women's roster have been, oh, shit. Yeah. This is bad for yeah. us because Asuka beats everybody. Yeah, but in the end, Asuka's in a really good spot. No, I know. I'm, know? Not, I'm not debating that. Just when she was first brought up. Um, Alistair Black. <laughs> I know. And that that kind of goes, though. I see your point. That kind of goes to the hokiness of how they were booking her return versus if somebody, if there was a male version of Asuka that was coming in with the same like streak, for example, like they're giving Lars Sullivan the kind of treatment that Oscar should have had. You know what I mean? I know. It, it, That's just the unfortunate nature of. And if they're giving Lars Sullivan this treatment, they're gonna give this. They're gonna give better treatment to Alistair Black. You would like to think. You would like to think. Um, so I, I honestly think, given Alistair Black's look, he's. I, I'm, I'm never gonna call anybody main roster proof, but at worst, he'll have a Shinsuke Nakamura ceiling, which is still a pretty good ceiling to have. The guy was fighting for the WWE title a lot, and now he's the United States champion. They still book him really, really strong. So I think that's a really, really good ceiling to have. Um, I don't know. I kind of I, I kind of feel like Alistair and Ricochet are the two sort of surefire guys mm-hmm. out of this uh, trio here. Um, Alistair, he just – his whole – Stick. Oh, it's great. It's just king. It's man. great. It's just king. It's great. Um, Velveteen Dream, I'm not so sure about. Because the question here, that's the thing. The question, well, how can you ruin him? There are a million ways you can ruin Velveteen Dream. There are so many ways. And it doesn't help that he's like 19 years old, 23, he's 20, 23, 23 whatever. I think. He's super young. Yeah. You know, and when you're young, I think it's just easier to get lost in. You know the the shenanigans of stuff. You know in the wrestling world. Yeah, maybe. I just think that you know I, I, I'll put it this way. That's not the end all be all, but I think it probably doesn't help. You know. Mm. Um. So I don't know if there's anybody in NXT that I'm kind of worried about them ruining. It would be Velveteen Dream. Yeah. You know, probably more than almost anybody yeah. else. Yeah. You know. Uh, next, we got a question from Cactus Jackie. Let's see what Cactus Jackie has to say. Hi, Steven Larson. Cactus Jackie here. So the XFL is officially coming to a city near me, and I'm so excited. Which sport should Vince McMahon revolutionize in his infinite wisdom now that he's finished with football? Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Cactus Jackie. Does does she have that mask just chilling in her car? Does she wear that? I don't know. Is that is she? Does she live the How gimmick? About this? You can shoot a Matt Chat question for Cactus Jack D, Jackie and send it to her. She could put on her Matt Chat show. Exactly. I mean, I'll do that. 
Hi, Cactus Jackie. This is Steve here. I have it with another Matt Chat question. Does it, you just keep that mask in your car or do you wear it everywhere you go? Thanks. Anyways. Oh, man. This is a great question, too. This is a great question. Which sport should Vince revolutionize now that he has conquered the football world? The world of American did you, football. Did you what? get the early ratings yet on XFL? Through Better than NFL. They thought they were going to have 5,000 people there. They had uh, 7,500. Massive oh. success. <laughs> they almost filled the entire lower bowl at one of the smaller stadiums. One side of it. Oh, man. Okay, so I've got, I came up with two ideas here. The first one I love because we personally know a member of the roster of one of these teams, Craig from Game Attack, oh, yeah. was, on a, was on a slam ball team. And if you guys don't remember what slam ball is, you need to Google or YouTube yeah, search man. that shit because it was trampolines and basketball. And they would it was run. on MTV. I wonder, it's like, what, what do you think you would blow out doing that? You mean joints? Yeah. Oh, like knees. <laughs> right? Anything involving jumping, you're in danger <laughs> yeah. blowing out your knees. Yeah. Or getting hung on those, like, like busting your wrist on those rims because you're dunk like you're so high well, up. And also, there's a danger too that if you're that high up, get your get your you know your lower half taken out from under you in midair. Oh my god, just fall right in your head. Yeah, but yeah. then you're on trampoline, so you just bounce right back up. Well, it depends if you land like this, you're still probably gonna break your neck. Yeah, you tuck. You gotta tuck. Yeah, your you chin. gotta tuck. It's not like a Styles Clash. So slam ball, and then also um, from what I understand, uh, the and one mixtape thing got canceled. Bummer. That's street ball. Yeah. And uh, because I guess they, the original owners sold it for like a ton of money, and then whoever bought it just had no idea what they had and ran it in the ground very quickly. But and one mixtape, one of the one of the graduates from the N one mixtape tour, the professor, now is a YouTube viral sensation to this day. He's like forty years old. To this day, still got great handles. He dresses up in very in like Spider Man outfits. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And goes out there and hustles yeah. for YouTube videos, yeah. balls up people. Yeah, he's great. So how about this? You bring back Anne One, but all as licensed superhero characters. Okay. Like it's like the Avengers show up and just ball you up. All right, there you go. Okay. Escalate as the Hulk. Well, Escalate. I don't think Escalate's with us anymore, Steve. Are you serious? I think he passed away. I think you mentioned that every time yeah. I bring up Anne One. I think he had. I think he did. Wow, man, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. Escalade was great. Who would skip to my Luby? Captain America. Yeah. What about hot sauce? Hawkeye. What about uh, uh, Air up there? Oh man, I mean, you know, Falcon. All right, that's all good answers. <laughs> I've thought about that too much. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, what sport do you think? Uh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, 2011. Passed away in 2011. That's oh, my goodness gracious. Big dude. <clears throat> oh, bodybuilding. Vince has no experience in that, right? Is that what Ico Pro was? No, Ico Pro is like a supplement. Oh, okay. He had his bodybuilding federation. I-W-I- WBF, I think it was. WBF. World Bodybuilding W-T-F. Federation. WTF. You are too much. Where they, he hired Lex Luger to be a competitor in there, not to be a wrestler. I think he's supposed to do commentary, too. Oh, wow. Double duty, huh? Yeah, I guess is so. Is he going to be up there like... And look at Lex Luger. Look at me. I've got a 4.34 in marketing. So, uh, you know, if, if, if Vince is going to take on another failed endeavor, yeah. why not the world of professional bodybuilding? It's weird, it's, it's weird that nobody has, has had the algorithm to crack mainstream crossover exposure with bodybuilding. You know, if I'm being honest, like it's impressive what the, you know, like, Guys, women get jacked, and I understand there's competitive nature to it. It doesn't really make it for exciting TV, though. <laughs> I mean, because they're all just doing this. They all look really weird too. They all look super weird. That's all they're doing. Yeah, and they look weird. Yeah, like usually they're like all bronzed up, and they got these weird face. Like all their faces look like a uh, bad photo captures for the creator wrestlers. <laughs> Like, cause like they're like their face is usually like a did different you, color. Did here you ever see the pictures the of, rest of, of body. Sid in bodybuilding competitions like circa three or four years ago? No, it sounds great. Oh, it's though. hilarious. He's in a, he's in his little speedo. Sid UD bodybuilding. Yeah, it's great. Let's take a look here. But like recent pictures. <laughs> there you go. Ah, ah, that's great. 
He looks amazing. Oh, yeah, he's still jacked. Oh, good for him. Is this like the old-timers version? Maybe. Like, I can basically see that dude <clears throat> fell in. Like, I don't know if there's like a bodybuilding seniors tour that like there is for it. golf. Ouch. That's a rough comparison right there. Why would anybody be so, like that? I mean, good for Sid. Yeah, great for Sid. Dude. Like, he's got the face of like an 80-year-old grandma. But then the body of a Greek god. Yeah, I know. An Adonis right there. But here's the thing. If, if, Vince, his bell in. if Vince wants to bring back WBF, you got ba- uh, badass Billy Gunn. He's oh, jacked. That dude is jacked. Dude, he's jacked. He could be the centerpiece. Man, he's ripped. Look at that six-pack. That looks like he's about to slide into some DMs there. Man. <laughs> oh, Yeah, that looks yeah. like he's sliding into some is DMs. Is he combing his hair right yeah. there? He's making sure those curls are lush. I love it. What the heck? Anyways, what bodybuilding. A, what a great question that was. Next, Thanks, Cactus Jackie. Yes, thank you, Cactus Jackie. Next, oh, the Enforcer. The Enforcer, a new member of the Fun Wrestling roster. Yes, via GIR Illuminati. Yes, let's see what the Enforcer Stevie Bradley has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson and all the friendos. It's the Enforcer. I got a question about Hall of Fame inductions, and I just want to talk about the women right now on the main roster. Who do you feel are surefire Hall of Famers? And also, with a bit of longevity or pushing or, you know, uh, changing character could actually, that are on the borderline, actually do become Hall of Famers. Let me know your thoughts. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, The Enforcer. Thank you, The Enforcer. All right, here's my list. Uh, the, the Surefire Hall of Famers, in my estimation. You got Charlotte. Well, it goes from sure thing and descends from there. It's a scale. Charlotte, Mickey James, Natalia. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, at the very end of this, but it's like this Alicia Fox. She's been a women's champion. She's been around forever. Uh, I can see a, a day when she gets in. Um, <clears throat> Bailey, Oscar, uh, and Naomi get some more, uh, some more accolades, some more championships. I can see them going in as Man, well. Man, you're crazy. Oscar is second on the list in terms of surefiredness. It goes Charlotte, Oscar, Mickey James, Becky Lynch, and then a whole bunch of uh, Ronda Rousey, then Alexa, then Sasha. That's order of importance. No, I think Oscar's based on what she's done so far in her career, deserves induction. However, Vince only cares what happens, for the most part, what Man. happens when she sets foot on main roster. Cody Rhodes said it best. He said, Vince knows everything is going on in NXT. He approves everything, including that undefeated streak. He knows. And yet he's never, according to Triple H, never watched an entire episode in one city. Who do you believe? Triple H. Get out of town. Hell yeah, man. That yeah. thing. I believe Why would Triple H say, yeah, Dad's never think... watched an episode of NXT in one sitting? Oh, oh, easily. Are you kidding me? Because he deals with the press all the time. Because it's probably, that's just, he's trolling people. Cody trolls people all the time. That's, yeah, but that's an obvious troll. Cody also likes to show off that he knows shit in the WWE. You know, they're not mutually exclusive statements. Vince could be aware of what was going on in NXT. He can get his NXT reports on his desk every Thursday morning. But not actually watch the show. Does he watch Going In Raw to find out the latest on Oh, NXT? hell no. No? No. You think so? Uh-uh. I think you're wrong about that. No, I think, I'm Cody, I think yes. he knows the real yeah, stuff. Yeah, run it by Cody. See what he says. <laughs> I am fascinated to find out what Vince does and doesn't know about NXT. I am very curious to know his just general thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, I was reading this thing, and granted, I don't remember where it's from, and I don't know how truthful it is. Where uh, was Lars was not supposed to, those, they weren't supposed to start running his vignettes until after TLC. And it was all leading up to a debut at the Rumble where he was going to choose what brand he was going to be on. And then apparently Vince saw the vignette and says, no, we need to start bringing rolling these out now. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if that's true. I don't know. Now there's two things. Either he had no idea who Lars Sullivan was. Which that sounds like, if that's true, and that sounds like. And then saw the case. vignettes and was like, well, this guy's jacked. He's huge. Let's bring him up now. Or he knew who Lars was, but uh, was so impressed with the production value of the vignettes, he couldn't wait for the public to see them. If what you're saying is true, it is the first one. Yeah, probably. He doesn't know what's going on probably. in NXT. Probably. Yeah, that was a, I don't know. I don't know. I am legitimately curious about that. 
We'll have to do some research. Let's let's put on our journalist hats. Do you know where your journalist hat is? Because I don't. I think I lost mine. Yeah, mine got lost in the move. <laughs> uh, Keenan's got a question. A let's, new Matt Chatter. A new Matt Chatter. Keenan. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos. I'm Keenan. Brand new Matt Chatter, and uh, I'm a big fan of New Japan. So I had an interesting question for you guys. Who is the coolest member of Suzuki Goon besides Minoru Suzuki, of course? And why is it Miho Abe? Thanks, friendos. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thank you, Keenan. Thank you, Keenan. Backwards, his name is Nanik. Uh, so anyways, the coolest member of Suzuki Goon, not named Minoru Suzuki. He's also got a, a fancy for Tai Chi's lady friend. Uh, it's Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. Hey, I don't care if your name is Minoru Suzuki. It's Zack Sabre Jr. He's the coolest guy of Suzuki Goon. Even including Minoru Suzuki. Wrong. You know why? Because he loves animals and he's British. Two things that I really appreciate in a human. Didn't you, did you see that clip of after Minoru Suzuki's uh, uh, celebration show? He was walking around there with a plastic bag picking up garbage. What is he, a young lion? Get out of here with that. No, that just proves what a great dude he is. He cares about our planet. Minoru Suzuki is the best. He is the coolest wrestler on the entire planet. Zack Sabre Jr. is very cool. Yeah, he is cool. He also I recycles and does cool I stuff. I bought a t-shirt from him at PWG show. He seemed like a very lovely man. Bully for you. He's like a really Fine. nice guy. Who do you think the coolest member? This is your terrible answer for this. He's got tearaway pants. How cool is that? It's Taichi. Not at all. Not at all. The dude has like five different gimmicks at one time. He's part. That got, is true. But he's got a little bit cool of Phantom thing. of the Opera thing where he's got the mask and he comes out lip syncing. Stripper. Uh, he's got the tearaway pants bit. That's he always carries the ring mallet. Yeah. And didn't he come out with whiskey once? Oh, so he's an alcoholic. All that. He, did he, you mention the singing stuff? Yeah, I did. Okay. That's a fan of the opera thing. Yeah. There's a lot going on. It all works. Taichi. No, no. That's a, okay. So the, the first thing you said is true. The second thing you said is not true. Taichi. There's a lot going on. None of it works. No, it works. And on top of that. He's wildly entertaining. His, you can't is, dispute that. I will give you that. He is entertaining. And his pants are too small. His little trunks are too small. Yeah, that's true. But top of his butt crack's always out. Nobody know. It's Zack Sabre Jr. God, that guy's amazing. He is amazing. Ryan Rugani has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Friendos, my question this week is, I get to go to TLC and see two awesome triple threat matches. Reminds me of the Benoit Michaels Triple H one from WrestleMania that I'm very looking forward to. I want you guys to each pick a tag team and singles triple threat match from each brand, New Japan, NXT, and Raw. And let me know what your fantasy triple threats would be. Too, too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. All right, here uh, for tag matches, I want Young Bucks versus New Day versus The Revival. Oh, okay. For singles matched, give me Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. I mean, your answer is kind of the right answer, but give me Roman Reigns versus Randall Orton versus Kazuchika Okada. Wow. All right. Star power. Here's what I want for the singles match. Finn Balor, real. AJ Styles, real. And Kenny Omega, all members and a former member, all former member, all former leaders of Bullet Club. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah, that's kind of the right answer. In the tag team ranks, I would want to see, <clears throat> who do you have? The young, Okay, give me the Usos. Yeah, that's good. Uh, give me... Uh, Gorillas of Destiny, mm-hmm. and then uh, someone from Raw. Who did you put? Oh, Revival. Right. oh that's a good answer. But I'm going to stay away from them. I'll go with who, what tag teams are on Raw. Who's the champion? Rudin Gable, Rudin Gable. <laughs> Authors Pain. Oh man, The Ascension. Oh, Lucha House Party. Gets, oh yeah, Lucha House Party. They yeah. get in by default. Wait, no, hold on. I'm going to back up. What? What? Who does? What? What? L.I.J., uh, they're, they're... So not an evil, yes. No, the other two. What? Didn't Bushi and that new kid, don't, didn't they tag Yeah, in yeah, yeah, the, in the junior, junior tag, tag league. Okay, yeah. them. All right. Them All right. versus Lucha House Party. Uh-huh. Eh? And then over on SmackDown, um, yeah, the Usos. All right, sure. This was a really good. They're really good. Uh, next question from Andy Nero. See what Andy has to say. Look at these wankers, talking some nonsense. Hey everyone, it's uh, Andy Nero, the heel that makes good points with a match check question. I'm literally watching today's Smackdown uh, 
uh, recap. Uh, I just wanted to ask, is there a way that you could save and salvage the League of Nations? Uh, the other day it was referenced that uh, I suggested that the League of Nations was better uh, than last week's Raw and this week's Raw. And uh, I think there is a decent way of salvaging it uh, using the Bullet Club philosophy. Discuss. Too sweet. Hi, handshake. Take care. Thank you, Andy Nero. Thank you, Andy Nero. Andy was claiming foul in last week's chat trivia. Remember mm. when he was saying that YouTube was blocking him oh, for that's too true. many answers? Yeah, yeah, that's controversy weird. in that's chat weird. trivia. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that was weird. You go first. All right. I kind of feel like he stole most of my answer, but anyways. Um, well, no. Okay, so yeah, no, for sure, man. This is a collaborative thing. I did steal this first one with you, although I'm saying you replaced Del Rio with Kevin Owens. Um, and then you fire Del Rio from WWE and professional wrestling. Okay. So he's gone forever for good from anywhere. No more Del Rio. All right. Um, Wade Barrett, you keep, but he reverts back to bad news Barrett. Okay. But, and he's a manager. All right. So he's just got his podium and he's like, whenever they win, he doles out the bad news about the loss to the other team. Uh, and then you add Cesaro because the only mm. way Sheamus is good is with Cesaro. So you've got Seamus, Cesaro, Rusev, Kevin Owens, and uh, uh, Bad News Barrett all on the same team. And then maybe you throw Sami Zayn in there too. That's what you do. You give Kevin Owens the Seamus spot. So it's not Seamus that beats Roman Reigns or has the the W title. (coughs) It's Kevin Owens, um, Kevin Owens, leader of League of Nations and WWE champion. Um, so he's in the feud with Roman Reigns. And then uh, you kick Del Rio out. And it, like Steve said, if you want to release him from the company, that's fine too. Um, you give Sheamus that spot. Uh, and then you just focus nearly exclusively on Kevin Owens and Rusev. Mm-hmm. Their chemistry. Because yeah. I think it would be wonderful. They're yeah. both funny, entertaining, yeah. to be mean when they need to be mean. I think if they were the focus of League of Nations, KO, Rusev, and then Sheamus and Wade Barrett can kind of be bit players. I'm afraid that's, I've got some bad news. That's a formula for success right there. Yeah. And then put Adam Cole in there. Mike Bennett. Matt Taven. At Kingdom. Zach S. has a question. Let's see what Zach S. has to say. Video. I wonder if anybody gets as deep into the video. What's good, Steve Morrison? Many friendos out there. It is your Matt Chat Hall of Famer, Zach Guest, coming at you with another Matt Chat question. Question of the week is Stephen Larson, I want you two to book a friendoverse. The friendos, use them in a friendoverse WrestleMania. What's the main event? Who's in the battle royal? Who wins the battle royal? All that stuff. Who's facing, like, no, the Undertaker or the friendoverse? Whatever. Do that with the friendos for a WrestleMania card. With the friendos. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. Here, instead of WrestleMania, it should really be like a Survivor Series situation. There's okay. so many factions going on within the Friendoverse. You got Discord Club versus the Friendoverse Facebook group. You got uh, the GIR Illuminati. You got the Freak Legion. Yeah, man. There's there's so many different groups. A lot going on. They need to be in Survivor Series matches. Gang rules. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm down with that. That's my idea. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, I would say this. The main event would just be Cody Miles versus Mikey Omega. The two head moderators, right? The Discord, the Friendoverse, head-to-head. They seem to, especially Cody Miles, seems to really want to instigate a lot of violence against Friendoverse, even though they're a closed group. They're like, they're, they're like you know, they're not trying to start any shit. No, that's good. They're just trying to have a positive community, and the Discord's like, that's great. the devil. Well, I mean, then I feel like Discord needs to tranquilo a little bit. Just, wow. Wow. Shade being thrown at Discord. Well, I mean, they're out there starting Ouch. starting some crap. Man. Just tranquilo a little bit. Wow. Leave I mean, them, some fun. Leave some, them be, Some little fun man. trash talk back and forth is fine. But if you're saying they're trying to instigate some serious stuff. There's such a, I didn't say that. You did say I, that. Ooh, where are you getting your info you from? You just said that. Dirt sheets. You just said that. They're all great. The rumor mill. They're all great. You're backtracking now. Confirm Larson hates all of our audience members. <laughs> They're all great. They're all great. They are all great. Zach S is the biggest winner, though. He comes out on top of everything. He cashes in. Yeah, he murders everybody. Oh, my God. He's our only lone standing fan. Everybody else is dead. It's going to be like an episode of WCV. 
I am up to eight people that I'm going to murder in the first episode of WCW. People get so burnt out of all the death. No, man. They're going to love it. No. Uh, one final question in text form from Tim Morris. He says, is there a wrestler who you really like but are worried WWE will drop the ball on them? I'm a massive Almas fan, but I'm worried he won't hit the heights he should on Maine. Uh, virtually anybody who's brought to Maine, I'm worried won't reach their full potential. Yeah, man. It's like, ooh. Yeah, for me, it's Aleister Black. I said earlier, he's main roster proof. Nobody's main roster proof. And that's the issue. They're all, it's all just a bad, bad situation, man. You bring them up, they're going to rebrand them as like an ice cream man or something. Oh, it's all going to be bad. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna be like, hey, you got too many tattoos. Laser them off and be less cool. So like, I, I, these are a part of my life. I can't laser them off. Laser them off. Yeah. It's like, Aleister's like, I'm going to be out for a year. <laughs> Getting all these tattoos lasered off. <laughs> Don't you see, Vince? They're all over my person. <laughs> Laser them off. Do you have any near your lower bits? Why would you ask me that? Frankly, that's none of your business. Let right? me say. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you throw up? Yeah, yeah, puke. Yeah, yeah, puke. Vince, one day, I, is he ever just going to go just crazy, just batshit crazy and start just doling out weird gimmicks left and right? Nobody can do anything. You read what the names they were going to give Stone Cold were, didn't you? <laughs> Chili McFreeze. <laughs> He's a cold-blooded assassin. Chili McFreeze. <laughs> we'll have him kill people live on air. We don't insult your intelligence anymore. Contemporary. Ah, oh, what a vicious killer. Chili McFreeze. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, what another great episode of Matt Chat. This yeah, was, that's all right. This was stellar. Yeah, it was fine. This was stellar. Jolly McFreeze. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Until next time, talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.